You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Now we're on a collective journey to lead, live, and love better, and I'm so happy that you're here with us. Now in today's episode, we've got to discuss the Ravi in the room. Yeah, fam, we got to talk, because what in the world is going on? But bigger than just him, I want us to talk about this, why it is that all of these scandals and recent developments, they prove that now more than ever before, we need spiritual formation. I'm talking three reasons why. So you ready? Let's work. Say fam, I hope everybody is doing well, living right, in their right minds. That's not a small thing. We're almost a year in quarantine. So there's that. Uh, Jesus is a keeper. Yes, he is. All right. I'm going to stop before that song comes. Who was that? Was that John P. Key or Ricky Dillard or Hezekiah Walker? I feel like I'm anyway. Here's the point. Um, Rufus and I caught colds over the weekend. So happy Valentine's Day and Rufentine's Day. Uh, that's the day we actually get to celebrate. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. Anyway, we caught colds from our kids. So this episode will be a little bit shorter because as much as I am very, very happy to be consistent, passion and congestion, they just don't mix. So we're going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm jumping right into it. Yo, what like, okay, what happened? What happened? That's that was a part of my first response when I read the Christianity Today article. Then I read the Gospel Coalition article. I have not read the investigative report yet. I don't know if I'm fully ready to process all of what I've seen from the summary of the other articles. But if you're lost a little bit, bottom line is uh, I believe it was Thursday perhaps Friday of last week, that it came to the surface fully after um, the investigation became known that Ravi Zacharias was found for sure. Um, He committed massive sexual misconduct. And that's the cute put a bow on it kind of way. We're going to dive a little deeper. But I also do want to explain there may be a few people who are listening to this podcast right now who don't know, have no clue who Ravi Zacharias is. So to catch everybody up, um, bottom line is Ravi Zacharias was known globally. He had an international ministry. He was one of the most influential and well-known apologists of our time. Okay, so he was the person where if you had questions about God or defending God or, you know, philosophical issues, you struggled with all of the things, um, postmodernism and secularism. And who would you if you put that in YouTube right now, nine times out of 10, you were going to find a video from Ravi Zacharias giving a teaching on how to understand Christianity, how to defend the faith. I mean, he also had a ministry that spanned 40 years. He. Um, was very well respected, highly influential from typical evangelical circles to he was even invited to the Mormon church to give a talk. He would speak all over college campuses. He had affiliate ministries all over the world, the UK, um, Australia, Canada. He was based in Atlanta, but he was just known as a very, very powerful, influential, brilliant thinker. He wrote over 20 books. 
Um, am I painting the picture to show that this was not a small man? This was not a, a local um, type of ministry. He had a massive platform. And what came to the light in recent news is that he used that platform to abuse many, many women. Now, Ravi Zacharias, he actually passed away, to be clear, in May of 2020. He developed, uh, he was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer in his spine, and he died in May of 2020. However, shortly after his funeral, there were allegations that started coming up to the surface. And that caused his company, which is known as RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, they opened up an investigation with a third party kind of uh, company and the company came back to them. Uh, I believe it was a law firm and the firm came back to them and said, hey, guess what? We've interviewed all of the people that are involved and we have found we've checked his phones. We've gone through records of his and we have found that he is guilty. He is he did do what these women accused him of doing. Now, for the sake of context and understanding, I'm going to share a few of the things that he would that he did. So he was known for having chronic back pain, right? So he would go and get these massages. He would there was nothing out of the ordinary if he went to go and get a massage. He actually owned two massage therapy wellness centers in the Atlanta area. So while he's going to get his therapy, his medicine, as he would call it a couple of times, no one thought it strange. And even the women who really the victims who were abused by him, they said when he first started out, he would ask them about their lives. He would ask them about their interests and their hobbies and what they like to do. But the reports also say that he would ask for where they were financially broken or emotionally broken. He would really try and seek out and find the need of these women. And he would later on use that to exploit their need to either fondle them or grope them or demand, solicit pictures or demand sex. Um, that's the kind of predatory nature that was underneath the surface of this very a uh, nice appearing, friendly, brilliant scholar. Come to find out, he is the description that Jesus gives in Matthew 7. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. So one of the things that he did is he would exploit women um, emotionally, mentally, sexually. But he also had, this is the thing that got me. In the reports, you can see it. Do your Googles. I already shared the news outlets that have this. One of the things he had was two apartments. Um, I believe it was in Thailand or Bangkok. He would have two apartments. He would also take money from his ministry and give it to these women for their schooling, for their um, for their housing, for other monetary needs that they have. And then from there, one woman in particular, I'm actually going to read you this quote because it's that important. It's from the Christianity Today article. And here's what it says here. It says, Zacharias used tens of thousands of dollars of ministry funds dedicated to a humanitarian effort, that's in quotes, to pay for massage therapists, providing them housing, schooling, and monthly support for extended periods of time, according to investigators. One woman told the investigators that, here's the quote, after he arranged for the ministry to provide her with financial report support, he required sex from her, end quote. She called it rape. She said, Zacharias, here's the other quote, 
And here it is for me, y'all. Ravi Zacharias made her pray with him to thank God for the opportunity they both received. And as with other victims, so it's not just her saying this, here's the other quote, he called her his reward for living a life of service to God, the report says. If you need a minute to process all of this, join the club. So I knew that something was coming based on the updates of the investigation that you would see in certain reports. But this to me was even worse than I thought. Uh, Now the man is dead. So I'm not going to linger on the fraudulent, wicked and evil acts that Ravi committed in plain sight, nor will I harp on his conniving and deceitful practices that he carried on with for over a decade. But here's what I do want to say. And I'm simply going to quote Colin Hansen. He wrote this in an article, um, in the gospel coalition. He says this, Ravi Zacharias may have escaped justice in this world, but no one escapes justice in the next. Okay. Say la sugar on that. That's, that's my final piece on this. Now, of course, there are many ways we can address this. We can talk about how absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. We can talk about how the crisis of the lack of self-control in the lives of Christian leaders, it seems to be on the rise. And we can even talk about the after effects that these types of moral failings or issues can have on the church corporately and at large. Now, perhaps we'll save those topics for another podcast, but this season we're talking about spiritual formation. And I think it's imperative that we look at it from this lens. See, Ravi Zacharias was a brilliant mind with a charismatic gift, but his soul was not transformed. Now I get it. There are some folk who They're listening to this and they're already ready to fuss me out. Oh, he's already passed on. He's not here to defend himself. uh, So we can't always say this to you. I would say, read on, read the report. Um, He did get an opportunity to speak on whether or not he was guilty of any of this. And instead of repenting, he lied. So there's that. Um, And I don't say this in a way of condemning the man. I say it with humble fear and understanding of Matthew 7. Uh, If there ever was a verse that makes my soul shiver to this day, it's Matthew 7, specifically 24 through 25, but the whole chapter is just powerful. Why? Because there are going to be certain people, when you get the chance, read Matthew 7 verses 24 and 25. There are going to be people who have demonstrated what many consider to be typical evidence of relationship with Jesus. And to those people, Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Not, I don't know you anymore, but that you were never mine. If that don't put a reverential fear of God in you, I don't know what will. Now, to be clear, this is not a fear of dread or terror of death, because Paul explains in Romans, we don't ever have to live that way anymore. Now there is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, right? So we get that. But this kind of reverential fear that I'm talking about, it is an awe and a holy reverence that God is never, ever one to be trifled with. And why would we want to, right? So what we do want is to be formed. Why? Because we're being formed into the image of Christ Jesus. We're literally doing what he did to take on his life. Why would we want his life? Because Jesus was the happiest, most joyful, most content, non-anxious presence, as uh, Scazzaro, Pete Scazzaro would describe him, that existed wouldn't you want that kind of life? 
So I want to give three quick points on why spiritual formation is needed. It is not just a supplemental thing you do if you're feeling super deep and um, you're thinking and no, 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 fam. It is literally the act of sanctification. It's the process of being more like Jesus. So here are my three tips and I'm going to get out your way. Number one, spiritual formation keeps us humble. The idea of practice We keep talking about this discipline of having to show up consistently and work on form and development for training sake. It's a reminder that we don't have it all together and that's okay. Not only is this healthy, it's needed for us to really see the work of God in our lives. It keeps us aware that in us is the same capacity for that kind of evil. So we surrender to the savior and his shaping power. It's an act of surrender. You'll never surrender if you're not humble. Number two, true spiritual formation provides us with community. Fam, this is so key. We're not in this by ourselves. And truly, as much as the Lord, our relationship with the Lord is personal, he designed us to grow and flourish in community. So community, obviously, it's going to hinder loneliness and the isolation that typically comes when someone is making a soul-breaking decision. We've all been there when we're ready to just, we about to make some bad decisions. When do we really get to that point? Typically, it's when we're by ourselves or in the wrong community. So it's being in good community, in right community that allows us to see ourselves in safety And wrestle with the heart as we continually surrender to Jesus. Community does not mean uh, best friends, BFFs. It does not always mean you're going to get along with everyone. And sometimes we're not supposed to. Sometimes those are the opportunities for us to really grow in love. We may not have to be the best of friends, but I can still love on you as I love myself. I can still treat you right and do right by you as my neighbor. So spiritual formation keeps us humble, provides community. And here's the last thing. Spiritual formation is how we become more like Jesus. This is how we strengthen our souls. This is not some evasive mystical journey. So even if this may not be language that is popular based on, you know, the churches we came up with, we didn't really call it spiritual formation or spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices or, you know, the way of Jesus, apprentice of Jesus, that that language wasn't familiar. Now we had, um, sanctification, you know, save, sanctified, filled with the Holy ghost. Absolutely. It's a similar process. It's the same thing. It's just making sure that in my doings beyond coming to church and giving an offering, am I like him? The whole idea of spiritual disciplines comes from the gospel. It is looking at Jesus, how he lived, and then practicing that in our own lives. If Jesus rested, so can I. If Jesus took a break, then so can I. If Jesus loved his enemies, then so can I. If Jesus had compassion for the poor, then so can I. So if he is our ultimate example of the path to a deeply rich and fulfilling life, then formation is the map that will get us there. I'll wrap it up to say this. I still believe in grace. Grace is still for everyone. The gospel is for all of us, even the people that we're disappointed in. Because we know that somewhere somebody's probably disappointed in us. 
But the word to the wise here is not to be entitled. Now, sure, his gift and his talent took him all over the world. But in the end of his life, after his life at that, it was his lack of character that Ravi Zacharias will now be known for the most. But that kind of detrimental path, that's what happens to anyone who decides to profess Jesus as Savior, but refuses to make him Lord. When we refuse to surrender to the way that is Jesus, not just him being the truth. We love to talk about that part. Oh, the truth. And we take it and we run with it and we shove it down people's throats. But that's not the only thing he described himself as. He is also the way. And he is the life. And we like the idea of having his life. But if we want to even pursue that, we've got to go his way. So may God have mercy on all of us as we continue to practice his way, his truth, and his life, which is the path of love and joy. Fam, that's our show. Thank you so much for being with me today. If you're looking for more, soulworkwithsan.com is the website. San Pope is the IG, and I'd love to connect with you. Now, if this episode blessed you at all, please share it with a friend. I'd also love for you to subscribe for more episodes delivered to your device each week. And leaving a review really helps us spread the news about the show. So if you do that, I would be most grateful. Thank you so much. Now, let's heal together, fam, because this is our journey. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.